This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. I'm trying to think, what's my, what's my best Jay MacArthur memory? i got to have one, right? What would it be? I know, United goal away when we won beat United away. It has to be that, because I don't remember beat United away that many times. Was it the 3-2 game a couple of years ago? Or not even like maybe five years ago he scored a goal, right? Really? Like a header? Uh, um, what, what was the score? Let me look it up. So I was going to say 3-2. two away, yeah? Yeah, they scored a late goal. I'm pretty sure they scored a late, scored a late goal. Make it from 3-1. Maka definitely scored like a back post, like a corner kick, like a header. Then a, he flicked it on, a flick on or something like that, and he scored a goal. Because I can't remember a lot of memorable MacArthur goals. So I'm trying to... I think it has to be for me. Because I hate United so, so much. It's got to be that. It's, no, I'm, I'm, is, I'm so basic. Sometimes what is my, the story behind why you hate them so much, Patrick? Arsenal or United? Oh, actually, both. Yeah, I forgot you hate Arsenal as well. Arsenal, yeah. that one interests me. Arsenal's, Arsenal's easy because when I was a kid, my favourite player was Kenny Sanson. Mm-hmm. When I moved to America... I was here like a year and they sold um sold Samson. They actually did that whole stupid uh Clive Allen for for Teddy Sansom, switch him in and went on to become like a hundred cap England international, blah blah blah, went all this stuff with them. And I loved him. And then what, ten years later they they same thing, Ian Wright, my favorite player, and Ian Wright went to Arsenal and then you know that story. So they always take our best players. I, I just hated that. It just drove me before then I didn't have a problem with them. In the seventies I had no problem with Arsenal because they were Arsenal, I didn't really care about them, you know what I mean? South yeah. London Club really basically. United it's because of the FA Cups. Right, okay, fair enough. Fair losing, enough. Both, losing both finals to the same team, and I was at the second one. It was It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It just, I mean, I get we're Palace and we, we're rubbish, but the same <laughs> team bet us twice. It's just, it just, it hurts. It just really, really hurts. Yeah. And I don't know if you were at this, were you at the final for the 2016 no, Cara? Do you know? I wasn't. All right, no. so as I walked out, I left, I left, I didn't watch the uh, trophy. Behind me was every United fan was behind me. Uh, walking that way, they were all they all left early. So I'm not joking. Swear to God, and not one of them cared about winning that cup. They didn't care. So a lot, a lot of Newcastle fans were saying that the United fans left before them. Yeah, for the other day. But no, I'm I'm confused. So I remember uh, Arsenal three two. Is that we? Is that what we're talking about here? No, no, no. There's a. I could have sworn he was going to. No, no. There's no United three two. But he scored. I, I don't. 
I don't know. Well, I'll, I was I'll, look it, I'll look it up. While you're looking that up, I'm going to say the Stoke 2-1 away um, where P- PV scored, scored the winner because we, we'd gone 1-0 down um, and it was that period um, right, where we... You said PV, you mean PVA. Right. Yeah, sorry, PVA. Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, didn't run. I'm <laughs> confused. I got to say, Vieira scored. Get in. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a period around that time where we were coming back from. We were having disastrous first halves, and Shakiri scored for Stoke, and it was one nil at half time. And then Macarthur and Van Aanholt, and we won away. Um, and also the fact that he retired from Scotland when they were desperate to have him. Um, and he just refused yeah. to play for them as well. That's that's yeah. my favourite Jimmy Mack memories. But when you said the three two, uh, there's that Arsenal three two um, where Benteke scored as well. So that's yeah. You know, that, you know what? Maybe it's that. Hold on, I gotta look at. I'm, I'm, I don't have confused, like a specific James McCarthy. I do. I remember one. There was one game last season where he just absolutely steam trained in someone, and I loved it and watched it back. About fifty times to repeat, but I can't remember what game that was. I mean, you're selling a man with two hundred and fifty palace appearances fairly short there. No, but Um, you you know me well enough by now to know that that is my one of my favourite things that happens on a football pitch is absolutely taking each other out. Yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough. This is why Punchin's your favourite player. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all right, fair enough. Is why is why I'd still start Will Hughes over like any skillful player that we have because it's more likely to kick someone in the air when you need it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Mike, I think I think you're oh, right. Oh no, Mike. wait, uh, Patrick. Surely it has to be him kicking Saka, right? Kicking Saka. Do you remember you know against what? Arsenal? Yeah, where yeah, of course. Because every, because every, every United fan think we tried to murder him. Yeah, I remember that's <laughs> that's actually a good one. Okay, they, they moan so much about that. That's actually a very good one. I'm gonna say but, that one. I just remembered that one, and yeah, that's also quite a funny one. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport powered. By fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the back of the Nest Match Report. We're looking back at... uh, Oh, it's a difficult game to discuss, to be honest. Um, It's the game itself. It's the cumulative uh, last few weeks at Palace. But we're going to look back at a 1-0 away defeat at Villa. That's where Joachim Anderson put away an absolute screamer into his own net. So... um, I know that some some of back of the nest went up there. Um, poor Chris Clark went up on his own. Um, yeah, well, 
I'm not, I'm not sure how we're going to play this. We're going to we're going to do the usual well planned scripted show, um, but you know what? I think it's probably better that we just have a little bit of a moan. Um, I don't know. I don't know quite that you want to hear us reenact that game. Uh, so joining me, unfortunately for them, are Cara Skipper. Hello. And Patrick O'Connor. Hello. <laughs> and uh, those those one words hellos probably sum up uh, how we're feeling. Uh, look, I apologise. This this pod's slightly later than usual. Um, and that isn't really to do with the game. We just uh, it's one of those weeks where we couldn't all get in the same place at once. Um, but we are here now. And uh, before we cover that game, um, I think we've covered a little bit about James McArthur's two hundred and fifty appearances. Absolute stalwart, and it's so great to see him back on the pitch. Um, hopefully, we'll see him start before the end of the season. Uh, but before we get into the game, before we maybe talk a little bit about, more about him, let's just quickly go around what else happened uh, with the other Palace teams this week. Uh, so, the Palace women, they were at home to you know, an, an unstoppable juggernaut this season in Bristol City. Uh, lost 3-0. Cara, talk us through it. Um, this is going to be almost as fun as going on to Villa. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like Bristol did look, in fairness, a bit of a different class um, at times during that match, I think. So like clearly um, doing their preparation for uh, being in the WSL next season. Good luck to them. Um, so just oh, slight frustration on that with the setup of... Uh, the women's game and I know that it is like a long-term thing that it will like it will get better as the years go on but it is annoying that there does seem to be like one team each season that just kind of steams off ahead um basically due to the amount of investment they get and that's it so uh let's hope that as we go forward in the following years the championship can be slightly more competitive with more investment going into a broader um base of teams I think so we don't get this situation repeating itself anyway unfortunately for us we were at the uh, sharp end of the investment Bristol have had um, this weekend um, but I think the the like most worrying thing for me was that the team just the Palace team just looks quite negative uh, like the mood on the pitch doesn't seem great uh, all of that kind of buzz and excitement at the beginning of the season doesn't really seem to be there um, obviously managed to pull off two wins coming into this game but like you would not know it looking at the kind of um uh yeah just the mood that there seemed to be on the pitch um there was no uh sign of manager or head coach at the game either so I don't know if there's kind of something going on behind the scenes that um is causing that mood to dip but fingers crossed um they can pick themselves up after this and um have another run of results it doesn't really mean much for the season they're like a solid sixth place um Coventry are well gone at the bottom Bristol are well gone at the top um so I think it's just a case of of doing what they can for the uh games that are left in the season and and building to to kind of start afresh um next season and hope for a bit more bit more consistency next season I think a bit more team identity after that kind of huge influx of players that that left and came in um at the beginning of this season yeah on that they brought on four substitutes almost at the end of the game yeah now is, is that because they need certain amount of appearances in order to keep them on next year or oh, I don't know I don't know. That's a really good question. I don't know the answer to it. Um, 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it could be that. It, it, it could just be we've got a pretty decent squad. Like, I don't think our subs are kind of much worse in quality than the the starting eleven. So whether or not it's just a kind of um, making sure they just get people on, regardless of kind of how late in the game it is, I, I, I really don't know. Don't know the answer to that, but I shall look into it. Imagine your boss is like, tell you what, you're 3 0 down, three minutes to go to uh, 90 minutes. Get yourself on. Cheers, boss. Thanks. Awesome. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the table, it's getting to the point now where you've got to think that Palace are not going to hit the top four. Uh, four points beyond Charlton in fifth, and they've got two games in hand. So, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, I think probably it's, you've got to say that it's, it's going to be a, another season. <clears throat> Another season just strengthening in the second tier, um, which, you know, is a shame, but we, I guess we've seen coming for a little while now, especially with that long fallow period that they had. Mm. Okay. Uh, the, I mean, th- none of this gets much better, uh, <laughs> but we do at least have the under-21s getting some points. So um, beating Everton away, uh, Victor Akinwale, with uh, 11 minutes to go. So moving all the way up to third place, um, four four points behind Chelsea. Uh, Patrick, do you want to quickly talk through that? Yeah, um, a good win, a way win. Um, but what I'm most impressed is with, is with the goal scorer. Vitek Kamwadi doesn't turn 19 until this year. He's only 18 years old. I think he's got like eight, seven or eight goals this season already in the 21s. And he doesn't even start a lot because the, uh, the main strike can be in the season was uh, J.K. Gordon, who's off at Carlisle on loan. And now it's like, uh, let me say his name right, uh, Adamola Ola Adabomi is the other main striker. So then they play one up top. So the fact he comes on and scores is really great. So again, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Kudos to uh, Paddy McCarthy. He's got a very young under-21 squad doing a great job. I really, really hope that if they don't make it at Palace, that a lot of these kids make it professionally because there's a good batch there. So I'm looking forward to it. And going on to the 18s under Rob Quinn. You know, having a decent season. I mean, I know we've talked about it before, Mike. West Ham have already won the league, basically. They've lost one match all season. But we were up 2-0 at uh, Spurs. That new kid we signed from uh, Ireland, Franco Ume, scored a great goal in his first starting uh, match. He had scored the week before, coming as a sub. And then Zach March scores. And then he gets himself sent off in the second half, um, Ume, on a stu- silly bit. I watched the game. Very silly second yellow card, like minutes apart. Kind of like... um. Our first team player, uh, Check the Coy, we get to in a bit. And uh, they scored four hours to goals and beat us 4 2. So, um, I mean, having a decent season, but again, um, we weren't going to win the league anyway, so it's just not that. And again, it's a very young team, a lot of 16 year olds and 17 year olds in that side, so next year should be good. But again, I think the future's bright uh, for our youth players as long as we give them an opportunity in the future. Yeah, a couple of points just, just to add. Um, Spurs have kind of put themselves in a position where they could finish. Above Palace now, they got they got a game in hand and they're two points yep. behind. The other very weird thing is there was only twelve shots in the game and six goals. So um, that's from both yeah. teams. That's uh, that's some pretty high finishing rates. So wait, uh, wait, I got better for you. Yeah. Um, Liverpool United, Liverpool had eight shots on goal, scored seven. Have that. And uh, go. <laughs> Going by what the preview show had said, um, we'd scored six goals since November the 6th. Uh, Liverpool managed to score more goals in that one game than we've scored in the previous four months. I really think no comment. would rather do a review of that match than this one. Exactly. Let's talk about United-Liverpool, please. <laughs> I beg you. 
Mm, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure there's plenty of other places people can hear about that. Um, but who else would be stupid enough to talk about this game? Um, I mean, first of all, let's talk about the way that Palace set up. Um, so we've been talking on the pods recently about quite how we deal with the forwards, whether it would be uh, Mateta and Edouard together, you know, what's what's best for them both. And it seems that Vieira's answer was to just not play either of them and go to that, that false nine, um, which before the game, I'll be honest, I was there, I was like, that's, that's Palace's strongest 11 or Palace's strongest 10 and Jordan I, which is harsh. Um, but uh, I think maybe I was wrong. Um, I think we all were. It was like it was the lineup that Twitter wanted, wasn't it? And we were all, yeah. yeah, brilliant, amazing, back to that. And then, yeah, well, actually, I think we started quite well, but like it got to a certain point in the game and you were like, oh, yeah, I've just remembered this team isn't actually very good. Yeah, brilliant, as you were. Yeah, and I mean, I know we're being glib here. We are being glib because there, there was some decent moments. But just again, a lot of movement down the left, a lot of movement down the right, and just a crushing shortness of decent crosses in. Um, and by the end, I really thought we could have played three or four games in a row and not scored a goal against them, um, unless it would be like a fluky corner or something. So, I mean, first of all, does Zahar look like he's quite fit yet? Um, and, and and secondly, are we just? Is there something stopping us just just putting the ball in the net at the moment? Like what what is going wrong, Patrick? So here's the thing: Vieira is interesting because there's not another single player that I can remember. Maybe Czech the Corey would be the exception. Gehi Anderson possibly, where he could be out for three, four matches. As soon as they're fit, they're back in the starting lineup. It just doesn't happen. Now, I get it's Zaha, so I understand that. So, I didn't have a problem, Mike, honestly, with the lineup. I really, really didn't. There's obviously a problem between Vieira and Edward. If you read the quote that came out, I think Alex, Alex, what's Alex's name again? The former Palace, uh, oh, sorry, Alex, I've got your last name, but he's a, a writer for BBC now. He had said that, Basically, Vieira said that, you know, I really want, I, I hope uh, Odson is upset. He needs to do more for the team along those lines, etc. And then he doesn't put him on at all on Saturday, which was strange. But for me, Odson Edward, um, as the sub hasn't produced, should he start more? Absolutely, because we're, we're toothless up front. But I, like, I, unlike, you know, my friend D and a lot of people, I like Wolf at top. I really do. I mean, that offside goal, if it goes in, I don't know, big if, right? If it goes in, it's a different game. I thought he played well for the first 15, 20 minutes. After that, it was pretty anonymous. Um, yeah, I get, you know, why are we playing Eze out wide? He's not effective there. He was actually in other games, but not on Saturday. Why are we playing Ayu at all? Again, we don't have much choice. And why is Olise playing central? Um, we should produce more. I, I do not understand it. Now, I'm not a, an apologist. I still very much like Patrick Vieira. I do understand that he's not perfect. He makes mistakes. He's probably a bit stubborn, more stubborn than I probably realise. But I put a lot on the players. We've listen, man. We've got to do better. We've got. I think you just made the. Was it you just said it? Nine goals from open play all season. No, I actually heard that from D. Actually, just now on the um on the YouTube show. Sorry, nine goals from open play all season is just not good enough. It just it's terrible. So why is it not working? I don't know. Um, should it get better? Obviously, can it get better? I do not know. I will tell you, say this at this point now. Put Edward up top. 
put Wilf wide left, put um, Olise wide right, put uh, Eze in the middle and try that for the next 14 games and see what happens. If we go down, we go down. Yeah, I mean, that. yeah. Well, the thing I wanted to bring up is it's very difficult from that game to tell whether the the midfield two, who looked so effective a couple of games before, because obviously Dekure just had a, he had a yeah. bad game. Um, yeah. Was it just that they didn't provide the kind of cover that allowed the front four to have the freedom that they have in previous games? Albeit we haven't really scored in them either. Um, or was was there something else wrong as well, Cara? I mean, Patrick's covered a lot there. No, I, I, I do think that the two in the middle were weak. Um, I think we are, it's something we've been saying for a while, like the whole team's lacking kind of that that fight within games, I think. And I actually think Zaha being back really highlighted that where it was missing kind of everywhere else. Maybe I'd maybe like take out the back four of that criticism because I think they like absorb a lot of pressure <laughs> match after match and tend to do pretty well. Um but just in the midfield there's just nothing. Like I wrote down when I was kind of rewatching the match to to kind of do my notes for this, like it just feels like we're constantly playing like pre-season games where like they're trying something to see if it works. There's none of that like urgency to make something work or to like fight for the ball. And I think Wilf coming back, there was, you could really see like, we all know what his mentality is like. He would have had it on like in his mind that he wanted his first game back to get the goal, to get the win, the like the win for the team um, and kind of, you know, kickstart the rest of the season or the next couple of fixtures or whatever. And it nearly worked apart from, you know, if you'd had one size smaller feet, then, you know, would have been onside and happy days. But um, I, I just felt we just had nothing in, in, in the middle of the field really. And that's why we were just going down the left, going down the right. And, and we'd just become so predictable so quickly, even when we have a match where we try to play something, try to do something new and like got Wilf back on. And what it means again is that, after like the first 25 minutes, maybe like they just, the village just knew they had to focus on Wilf. So like every time we made a run, pulling him back and like basically taking it in turns to pull him back so that no, somebody wouldn't get sent off. Um, and they didn't really need to focus on anything else. Like Elise was really um, off the pace. I feel like he had one of those games and I feel like we've seen it before where sometimes it feels like he's playing the ball that he wants to work rather than reading the game and playing the ball that is needed or, you know, holding up a little bit. I don't know, like, again, we're lacking that leadership on the pitch. So when that's going wrong, apart from, like, uh, uh, Vieira shouting from the sidelines, there's nobody on the on the pitch to kind of pull that together. Um, it, I just felt like there was a hell of a lot of fight coming from Wilf, a hell of a lot of fight coming from Jordan Ayew, to be fair. The back four working really hard. and in the middle, we were just pretty redundant, I think. I mean, that is, that's a fairly depressing analysis. Um, but yeah, no, fair enough. I think what, what struck me is Villa had one of the most poorest defences in the Premier League. Um, just looking down here, there's, a, there's only five sides that have conceded more and there's really only one that have conceded a lot more and that's Bournemouth. Um, you know they've con- they've conceded 30, a goal and a half a game on average, more than a goal and a half a game, um, and I really didn't think that they defended that particularly well. Just absolutely yeah. failed to exploit them. Yeah. Um, 
they didn't look particularly great going forward either, to be fair. But it, ju- it was just a, a hanging sort of feeling that that was on the cards even before kickoff. It would have been a one or a two nil defeat. And I don't know, it, is it a period where we haven't won, where it's just drained it out of everyone? Does it affect the players as well? I mean, at this point, how do you even pick yourself back up? How do you, how do you even, where do you, where's the next win even coming from? Because it sure as hell ain't coming Saturday evening. I, oh, don't. You know what Palace are like. It's going to come Saturday evening and then we're never going to win again for the rest of the season. Um I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, do you know? I think I think the biggest challenge is not just going going on like not just pulling yourself out from a winless run, but pulling yourself out from a winless run when we don't have an identity. So like, it's one thing, kind of, you know, uh, having a run of bad luck or having a run of like an injury, but you've got your your injured player back and you know what you're doing, and it's just a case of kind of committing to it, firing those like balls at goal, and like at some point it will go in. We don't have any of that sorted. And that's kind of what I mean by like, it just always looks like we're pre- playing pre-season because at no point this season, and I also, like I think we do also, it's worth taking into account like the weirdness of this season with the World Cup in the middle. So like if you're struggling to kind of get to that um, place of momentum, then like a huge break in the middle doesn't help. Um, but I think that's the difficulty because we don't just need to like, be able find a way to be able to fire shots at goal and they be on target but we, we're still trying to work out a whole identity and we just don't have time so like I really don't know where it's going to come from um maybe Patrick has has a more optimistic outlook than I do I definitely don't um but um I think your point Carol is really good about the World Cup break and where it came for us we just come off a uh, uh, Newcastle League Cup loss and then a stupid Forest away loss which was terrible and then we get that break and then we come back obviously lose to Fulham great much better no and then we beat Bournemouth but I want to get to the fixtures because I'm telling you right now I want I listen I challenge anybody to name a tougher set of fixtures than the following Tottenham Chelsea Newcastle May United Brighton May United Brentford Liverpool Villa Manchester City Brighton, Arsenal. Seriously, during the same stretch, we've had some really bad stretches in the past. I remember we've had some like really poor beginning to seasons, a little bit middle at Christmas time, maybe or end of season. But that is a three month stretch of awful fixtures, which is why the Brentford loss. Sorry, I said that wrong. See, I said loss, right? Brentford draw, we felt like a loss was so bad. And then we looked at a loss because to be honest with you, to get points from those games has been really good. The problem is, it's that stretch. That awful, awful stretch of matches where it's just been so bad. So I think that skewed, and I don't blame people for being skewed. I, I get it, being their viewpoints. But those fixtures have been horrible. And I don't remember ever it being this bad. And how we get out of it, <laughs> I would just wish I knew. I think that that's a really good point to remember. And I was looking uh, earlier on about... Uh, looking at how, like our kind of the amount of losses and, and draws that we've had this year, because obviously our last win was New Year's Eve, right? right? And I think there's so much negativity, obviously because like nothing is working at the moment. Right. I just wanted to get like a bit of perspective on it, and like so we we this year we've had loss, loss, draw, loss, loss, draw, 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 loss. Right. right. But don't get me wrong; right. it's not great. But when you take into account those that fixture list that you've just outlined, Patrick, it That's only horrendous. really takes one of those draws 
to exactly, be a win, to be a win. Yep. for us to yep. actually look back and go do you know what we've weathered this storm pretty well especially with some of that being without will some of that being without anderson i think i can't remember which ones no nope, um, right. but when you take those two players out who are who are well, wilf especially but anderson is such a key player for us both at the back but also like kind of providing some kind of movement forward as well just one of those draws to be a win and we can actually look back at that and go given the circumstances not too bad 100% agree. I mean, we would still be 12, but yeah, I get, I get, I get what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, <laughs> if you finish 12, that's not good. That's that's great. <laughs> like, I, but people I, behaving like we're like 18th or something. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, we we haven't been conceding goals, and that's that's great. But we've scored less goals than Bournemouth at, in 20th position, yeah. and I it just gets to you because. You only go to a football game really to see your team score, and we just yeah. don't score any fucking goals. So it's just like uh, we're basically hoping for a nil-nil. Um, and get, you know, going one nil up against Brentford was—I mean, generally speaking, when we've had these draws, it's, we've come from behind, which shows a lot of character, and we've been defending well. But you know, we've we've scored eight goals less this season than Leeds United. Um, it's it's. It's pretty depressing because we saw such this beautiful increase in the quality of the football we were watching and suddenly it's like a slightly less effective Tony Pulis. And, <laughs> you know, really what, whereas now we've got Elise Eze, you know, the, the players he'd have there, you know, that's why it's depressing. And when you, you step away, you're like, yeah, we just had three draws on the bounce. You know, that's... That's that's great stuff, you know. We've we've drawn with these with these great teams, um, and yeah, we have got easier runs coming up. But um, and now you can't really see us. You don't know who we're going to get points off. You know, we're equally likely to get a draw at, at Man City as we are to draw with Everton. I mean, yeah. so it, I, I'm not I'm not banking on these these so called easier fixes, especially when you know Fulham are seventh. Brentford and ninth, you know, like it's. I'm not saying who's eighth. You forgot Brighton. I'm not saying who's eighth, um, but you know, (laughs) I, 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 we've got them next, the middle of next week, and I am dreading going away to that game. I am dreading going away to that game. They're on 38 points from 23 games. They, if they win those games, if they win those games, they're in pole position for the top Europa spot, and. Yeah, I would have put on paper that that was the start of the easier run. But our last game of the season is Fulham, isn't it? I think. Um, no, so, five, five. Oh, okay, okay. Even that, you know, we lost to them. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm sh- we, we always have these peaks and troughs. This is just a very, very long trough. Um, and I can see why people are, you know, starting to grate on them. The team, the team above us, the team immediately above us, are the team that just beat us, and that is that is depressing. Sorry, Kawa. No, it's all right. I was just going to say, like, it, it, it is a trough, and it's a, and I think you're right. But I, I think my the point I was trying to make is that it feels more depressing than I think it actually is because yeah. of that lock of lock. Uh, lack of goals so like say some of those draws rather than like nil nil or one one had been like two two three two uh, three three sorry that wouldn't have been a draw um then 
actually, I wonder how much different the mood would be. And like, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be worried about the fact that we're not scoring goals, but I think it's worth just taking a step back and like tempering our depression and negativity with a little bit of realism and a little bit of kind of, you know, because say, say if we like, if we go forward, not scoring that many, but we managed to get to the end of the season, pulling out like another handful of draws, like we might be, I don't want to say like we will be okay, but like most likely we will be okay. But it's just that like all of the chat at the moment seems to be like, oh God, we're awful. Like I'm in Leicester at the moment with my sister. I was talking to one of my friends up here um, yesterday, uh, Leicester City fans, and they were like, we're just devastated. We're absolutely devastated, but they are not as negative as we are. And they are 15th and have just lost to Southampton. (laughs) right? And we like just lost to Villa. We're in 12th and we only lost because of like a gutting own goal and a like crazy offside decision. And we're talking as if we're 20th and like season's over. So like that's the reason I wanted to make that point because it's worth just working out quite how depressing it is and whether it matches up with how depressing it feels. So I want to add one thing. This is from a this is a, for seriously a very old person's perspective. So I've seen Palace promoted seven times in my life and relegated seven times. The only promotion I don't remember was six days six and I was like three years old. So relegation doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. I mean, I don't want it to happen. Do not get me wrong. I don't just, it doesn't bother me because I remember when Palace, the old Palace, the one that people are trying to bring back now, would regularly get promoted, get relegated this next season. Get promoted, get relegated. It happened every year in the Premier League before, you know, when it after it first started. Once we got relegated, when we got promoted, Hopkins got the curl one, whatever it was, you know, we get relegated. So relegation, but we've been in the Premier League for 10 straight years. I don't know why, but I do know why. People always get so negative about Palace when this is not, you know, your old Palace that gets relegated all the time. I'm not saying we're having a great season. I'm not saying um, we can't get relegated. What I'm saying is that we have to have a little perspective and be a little bit more positive because, yes, we're in a really bad stretch right now, tempered by what I've, again, I'll go back to what I think are some decent results in between some, even though we haven't won. But relegation just doesn't bother me because I've seen it so many times. And maybe, again, that's just me because I'm older and I'm used past being really, really bad. And I don't think this is really bad palace. But I just I just hate to read, which I stopped going off Twitter, all this negativity or even hear it because... I get it. I want us to do better. I've said it many times before on this show. Please win a cup. All I want, get relegated the same season. I do not care. Win the FA Cup, win the League Cup. Let me go to Wembley, enjoy it. I will be so happy. Go to Europe, get knocked out in the opening. I don't care. Win a cup. That's all I care about. So relegation, if it comes, it comes. But we're Palace. We'll probably bounce back. But it's like people get so negative. It's so depressing sometimes, you know? I th- I, that's a few a few things there. I mean, it is it is that history. It's people of, of a vintage that saw us yeah. go up and go down. Yeah. Just kind of expect it to happen again. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and a, a couple of other things there. Um, I think the main thing is this Premier League season, more than any other I can remember in recent memory, just has a whole load of teams with exactly the same problem. They're quite yeah. hard to beat. And they're not very good going forward. So we have become part of this kind of convoluted mess in the bottom sort of 10 places of the Premier League, which means 
it, you're equal. You feel in your head you're equally likely to go down because you got the same problem. You got exactly the same problem as the teams in 18th, 19th, and 20th, and you don't really see that the team you're supporting are any better than those teams. That's where the worry comes from, I think. And it, it, it is it is odd because obviously we are still 12th. Leicester right. seem a little bit of an anomaly because they are scoring a load of goals. They're just absolutely hemorrhaging them, and that's yeah. the difference between them and the rest of the bottom half of the league. Um, but we, we we don't seem right now, especially with Wolves keep picking up points, Southampton keep picking up points, you know, it, we don't seem to be any better than those teams. And that's why people are worried. And it's natural to be. Um, but I think you're both right. We, we probably are going to be fine. Two wins probably will just about be enough. Um, but I, yeah, I can see why people are worried. I, I, I genuinely can. I, I don't, I don't think it's negativity. It's just natural to just be, oh, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen here. Um, to be palacy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And each week, the, the gap between us and the bottom three seems to be shrinking by one point and this kind of concertina effect that keeps happening in the league. So, yeah, I mean, um, what what else can we say? We're not telling anyone here anything that they don't implicitly already know before they've listened to this pod. Um, yeah, right. I, so, so yeah. A, a couple of other things I just wanted to say. Um, yeah, Lukonga. Um, st- I mean, still looks decent. I don't think he had he had the worst game, and um, we had Hamada come on as well. So I just wanted to. People's thoughts on, on them two in the game. I know he didn't get particularly long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually thought Lakonga played well. Again, it, he's basic. He does basic midfielder stuff. Um, not spectacularly, but I like him a lot. Controls the ball. I think I mentioned uh, during one of our YouTube shows that I always check his halftime stats, passing stats. 100% a halftime last match. He's just a very good passer. Get the ball forward. I want to see more of uh, Hamada because he's more of our player um, because... I think that he can be a good player, but I we see him so infrequently. Normally we're losing or sometimes we're drawing. You don't see a lot of him. He's normally not in that midfield position. So, but both of them, I think, uh, you know, for this season, the more they play, the better off I think we'll be. Yeah, yeah. So, so one one more thing, not to be overkill, but again, just kind of looking at it uh, from a perspective standpoint. Um, I'm looking at the uh, table when we played Forest before we played Forest. Cause we did a preview. That I haven't printed out. We were in tenth place. We were on 19 points. We were seven points ahead of um, Southampton, who were in 18th place. We were only two points, Mike, sorry, behind um, your favourite team down south, which is Brighton. They were in um, sixth place on 21 points. Um, Now we are in 12th place. We've dropped two places. We are five, five points off of 18th, which is now Everton. And we are 11 points behind Brighton, who are in eighth. So could it be better? Of course it could. But it could be a heck of a lot worse. It really could be. Considering how bad we've been since basically Nottingham Forest, it's, you know, it is what it is. As long as Brighton end up finishing one place below the Europa Conference League, (laughs) I I will decide that this season is, Uh, in fact, successful. I agree. I agree. Um, okay, I mean, let, let's let's wrap it up there. I think I don't think we need to put people through any more of the misery. Um, yeah, I mean, we've already alluded to the fact that we got Man City um, in the evening kickoff on Saturday. So 
We'll have Terence and uh, the team coming back for another preview show. I presume that we're going to have the usual three, but um, if one of them's on holiday or something again, or <coughs> doesn't have COVID, um, then I presume it will be Patrick or Nick or someone covering that. Uh, and then we'll be back to discuss what will presumably be a tense affair against Man City. Um, <laughs> back to celebrate our first win of the year, I think. is. What Come on, Cara, there you go. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Mateta Hattrick is written in the All right, the now you've gone too Mateta far. Mateta Hattrick. <laughs> <laughs> now it's you've it's gone too good. far. Even I'm saying that and I actually it's like it. great that. comeback. I've, oh, I've got it. Of all yeah. time that it would be, I'll tell you that. <laughs> The rebirth that that would eclipse Danny Butterfield's hat trick. That would, uh, <laughs> I, uh, okay, right. Let's let's uh, let's leave it there. Just a couple of things to say before we go. I mean, thanks for listening. Thanks for getting this far. Um, usually, we we ask people to send in um, their thoughts, but it would have all been the same stuff, and it would have just extended the show. Uh, we'll be back to that. We'll be back to forward reviews and that kind of thing uh, next show, unless unless City beat us about 7-0. But yeah, always keep in contact with us. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're definitely on YouTube. Um, So keep those comments always coming in. Everything gets read. As I say, the preview team will be back uh, very shortly with uh, the Man City preview. Um, Please do check out the YouTube channel. Patrick does sterling work, supporting DR and all the various other people that are on there. It's going from strength to strength. So thank you very much. And I would ask that just tell your Palace mates to have a listen to us as well. Tell your Palace supporting mum. Tell your Palace supporting cousin, whoever it is. Um, If they're really young, maybe send them to the YouTube because they're going to be too young to listen to this podcast. But you know how it is. Um, Please do. It's the only way we get the word around. Um, And then, yeah, until we're back next week, um, thanks again for listening and come on, you Palace. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.